How many happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Let us stand, amen. Healing is here. Sickness can't stay any longer. 
this morning from my oldest daughter's mother-in-law. She's been battling breast cancer, going through all the medical treatments. And she just sent a request that she's been, uh, she's not able to sleep. She's suffering from sleep deprivement. I lift my hands to the heavens. So we'll lift our prayer to the Lord. I want to pray for her. Her name is Angela Heth, we call her Angie. Amen. So if you have a request upon your heart this morning, what a wonderful presence of God. Amen. I'd like you to remember my son and his family, his mom and his dad. It's a troublesome time. Amen. But he's the God of all power. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would use my lips today to worship you, to speak the words of truth, that the power of the Holy Spirit, anointing your word, would go forth, Father. We pray for Angie Heth this morning. 
May she be able to rest, Father. Lord, we're already believing that she's healed. Father, healing is a process. We look to you, Father. Lift her up before you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Give her sleep, give her rest, give her strength, Father. Lord, remember my son. Remember those requests upon the hearts today. Father, it's not a flesh and blood battle. The Prince of Powers of the air. But you are the God of all power. I love you this morning. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your children here today. Bless each and every one, Lord. Bless the tithes and offerings, Father. Magnify it for your kingdom. I love you, Lord. I love your people. I love you. When I love your people, I love you. I praise you this morning. Have your way in Jesus Christ's name. This morning, let's give Brother Ken a hand. I will live my life to you. 
sing this one with me Yeah. 
lost are saved, find their way at the sound of your great name. All condemned, feel no shame at the sound. Your great name, every fear has no place at the sound. Your great name, the enemy, he has to the sound your great name Jesus worthy is the lamb that was slain for us son of God and man you are high and lifted up and all bless you, pilgrim. Nicest thing you can say to a believer is God bless you. And that carries a lot of weight. If you say it in faith, I mean, uh, there's nothing like the blessing of the Lord. Amen. So we definitely covet that today, covet the blessing of the Lord. Amen. We're going to invite you straight away this morning into Mark chapter 1. And I uh, sure appreciate all of that singing, my, I just, uh, they have speakers piping to my back office and I get to hear it. It's not quite as, as much as being out here, but I really enjoyed it. Amen. Enjoyed those specials. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm all the time jumping these, these singers and I'll just send them a song, go learn it and sing it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, you got my song ready yet? I'm working on it. Okay. Hurry up. Don't make me get on you. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, we want to go by the help of the Lord today into the time of the unsealing part four. I hope to finish the series today. We'll see, but I want to go, uh, go about it. Just jump straight in here this morning. We have a number of ministry team members preaching out today. Uh, we want to be in prayer for them. Brother Amy and us, Brother Jesus and Amy headed home today, so they should get in late tonight. want to be praying for them, which you have missed. My goodness. Amen. I keep looking back there to see them, and I just have to visualize they're sitting back there. Praise the Lord. They're not in the audience, are they? Okay. No, okay, good. They're coming in tonight, best I can remember. And um, others, different one, other different ones are out ministering today. Praise God. So we're here, and uh, we love the Lord and love the Word, and we want to look right into it this morning. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, I don't remember any other announcements I needed to make. And I have no prayer requests that were sent to me this morning. So let's go right into the word. Mark chapter 1. 
Um, you know, I, uh, I meant to say 11. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I know the, thank you, Bugs. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Thanks, Noah. You were scrambling, weren't you? Yeah, okay. Mark 11. Mark 11. Oh, I know now why I, why I said Mark 1, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> we're going to use it, but you won't have to find it. No, I'm just going to make a statement about it. Mark 11 and verse 1 uh, through 6. You have it? Say amen. amen. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man set, loose him, and bring him. If any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door, without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. And certain of men that stood there said unto them, What do you loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let him go. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. You see the purpose in my heart, Lord, and I'm standing here this morning to try to keep my mind very tightly controlled and concentrating on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will grant it to me today, Lord, that the word can go forth unhindered by the human instrumentality. Give, give blessing to the speaker. Give blessing to the hearers. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You can be seated. So they let them go as soon as they gave them the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. You know, sometimes we, we can read certain things and we, you know, can wonder at, at God's movements. I remember years ago when I studied, and I know it's unusual to see me with multiple screens, but I have something I'm going to try to do today if I can not uh, mess it up, but... Um, just thought it might be easier on me to do it this way, so we'll see. Amen. I, I'm going to largely ignore you today. I hope that doesn't offend you, but I, I've just got to keep you blocked out and my worries that, you know, that, uh, you know, what do you got to do today and you got to be there, and so that doesn't mean I'm going to preach a marathon sermon. It just means that I'm going to concentrate on what uh, and, and, I, and, and to do it the way I'm going to do it and jumping to this, I'm going to have to, um, have to just stay very, very focused right here. Amen. You don't have to be afraid. Amen. Those of you who, if we've got any visitors, I'm not a long-winded preacher. Um, but uh, I, def I definitely would like to get all my thought out today by the help of the Lord. And we're kind of going to do it in a little bit of a strange way that I've been actually telling you about. We did it once before and it went really well where we took the story, Brother Adam on his hunt, you know, to, for the caribou, caribou and the grizzly. And so today we've been talking about bringing him uh, into the woods. We're going to go into the woods today with Brother Brandon. Would that be all right? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's going to be uh, quite a ride. So just hang on. We're going to say some things today that we hope are as uh, astonishing to you as they have been to me. 
uh, I think that that's necessary. I think the word should impact you. You know, I think it should be more than just a dry letter. I think it should have something behind it. And I don't just mean, you know, high-octane preaching. High-octane preaching will entertain me for about 15 minutes, and then you better have something to say. And so we're not interested in just high-octane delivery, uh, but we, we want to really, I love that, but we want to make sure that we get into the Word and, and make it effectual to you. Amen. Because it is the effectual fervent prayer that avails. See, And so when we, when we are looking at this thought today, uh, I'm trusting the Lord that He will grant it to me the way that it came to me that I can deliver it to you. And so I, as I was saying, I remember studying the Word of God as a very young man, began studying the Word very young, uh, even as a boy, you know, learning the Bible at the knee of my mother who told me the Bible stories and thrilled my young heart. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what a storyteller Sister Jean is. Incidentally, she's getting ready to do her third part to her testimony, so we're going to be very excited about that. And uh, I think that's next week. Hey, Sister Mom. Amen. Praise the Lord. So looking forward to that. She's been working on it a lot. And, uh, but I, but even, even beyond that, as I, that put a love for the Word of God in my heart, and I, I, you know, I studied it from very young. I, you know, you know, even as a young teenager, <clears throat> I would head off into the woods with my dogs and my Bible and go to my praying place and the place where I would spend time with the Lord. It was in that very place that a, a, a rushing wind blew through in an impossible place where no wind could come and blew my Bible open as I was praying with my Bible on my knees, I was on my knees, you know, sitting in the back, and I had it on me, on my knees and my legs, and the wind come rushing through, and I'm praying. I had my hands up, and I'm praying about my ministry. Lord, what is this call on my life? You've dealt with me since I was a child, and, you know, this call to the ministry, you know, is this a call to the ministry? And, 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 and as I had my hands up, my eyes were closed, true story, and all of a sudden, this wind came in in an impossible situation. If you just saw where I was, you could have walked right past me. You'd have never knew I was in there. And 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 the wind comes, and I could hear my 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 pages going. Well, I love my Bible. I didn't want the pages to tear. And so as I'm praying, I just put my hand to keep it from ripping and finish my prayer. Lord, what is this about my life? And I open my eyes and look down. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. And so, amen. Well, there was no getting out of it then. <laughs> amen. So we, but I, 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 I said all of that to say that, you know, I, as, I, as a young student of the scriptures, Many times I would come across passages that would just leave me astonished, and I would just think, you know, wow, that is just strange. That's not how, it's not what I would have expected. You get people asking God questions. They'll come to Moses. Hey, we got a situation. You know, there's no specific law written out. You haven't given us an instruction. This has kind of just jumped up. And uh, we need the Lord to advise us. And Moses would say, okay, I'll go pray. I'll take your question to the Lord. And then, and sometimes I remember in those early days, I would say, I wonder what the answer's going to be. And I would just be like a kid in a candy shop waiting. I'm reading and reading and reading. And here comes the answer of the Lord back. And I'm like, wait, what? That's, that's the answer? Wow, that's not the answer I was expecting. 
And you know, God does it like that. You're going to see today, you know, a prophet have to go through that. And the reason that I'm doing that is because we're living in the day when everything that you see happening in the lives of the people in the Bible, including all the way up and including the prophet of this age, you're going to find that that was all building a roadmap for you right now. Amen. And those things that were happening, even when we talk about the third pull in Brother Branham's ministry, <clears throat> you have five instances, six if you count the squirrels twice, which did happen twice, once in Indiana, once in Kentucky. One was red squirrels, one was gray squirrels, a smaller species. And, uh, but, but we find that he said, now it's just to identify its presence among you. It's not going to be used in a great way until, you know, other things have to catch up. We've kind of ran out ahead of the program, and you can't run ahead of God's program, so we've got to drop back, carry on preaching, carry on in evangelism. We've got to wait for this other. What other? The ecumenical movement, the political movement, the social trends, Satan's Eden, because it's all got to go forward together. We learned that, you remember, when we studied the seven vials? We learned that the trumpets and the seals and the vials and the woes, and they all were in a cluster, and they were all overlapping and connecting one to another and advancing and it all kept advancing together and so I'm here to tell you we we finally have to hit a place friends where we you know we got to stop saying when the squeeze comes I mean it's here you know a revival's coming it's here there's going to be a great power of God a great sweep a great a fresh surge I'm telling you it's falling now you say well I'm not sure I feel it well walk out on the street and look at the craziness because you know that if that's happening out there, God's doing something up there that's happening here among us. This is what learning the Bible teaches us. You don't always have to go by experiences and feelings. Away, Brother Brown said, away with experience as your measuring line. See, we don't, we don't chase sensations as we were talking about on Wednesday. You know, uh, that, that this is a walk. This is a daily walk. And boy, I better, get, I better make some tracks here. I'm already burning up my time. Brother Branham makes a statement, a couple of statements here in Why Christ Speak. I'm not going to read them uh, exhaustively, but I'm going to skip through them. He's going back to the time when Moses, you know, uh, was anointed with faith. And, you know, they came to the Red Sea and it's barring their path forward. And Moses comes to the Lord and he's crying. And the Lord says, Why criest thou unto me? Speak and to the children of Israel that they go forward. You know, and I mean, look, you're, you can put yourself right there with Moses. Come on, he was a human being. I mean, if I would have been there, if you would have been there, I'd have, and the Lord said, speak and go forward. You know there's an ocean in front of me. Yes, go forward. Okay, we're going to go forward. How, how's this going to work? Stretch out your rod. Oh, that's a good idea. See, Brother Branham said that that rod in the hand of Moses was the word of God in your hand today. He said if they could have ever got that rod away from him, they could have whipped him. Don't ever let the devil take the word out of your hand. See? And he stretched out his rod. You got a situation today, stretch out the word. Stretch. I don't mean the letter. I mean faith in the word of God and speak it and claim it and put the devil in his place. That's what the third pull's about. It's the power of the spoken word. Now, it's more than that. I'm just going to deal with that aspect of it yeah. today. It's souls and prisons, all that. I get that. But, but, but we're speaking about the power of the spoken word that is to be handled 
hand, that's supposed to be hand, in, the, in the hand of the people that, that receive the, the mystery of the seven thunders, which that's what we have. Now, not the little narrow view of the thunders that came on the seven. I ain't talking about that. That was just a little narrow golden pot at the end of the rainbow, and people got disillusioned by a lot of that. A lot of truth in it. Tremendous amounts of truth. But now today we have the whole bouquet. We understand it was everything. It was the mighty God unveiled. It was the mystery of God. It was the identified Christ of all ages. See, it's the, Brother Ram called it the mystery of God working in his people. See, and that's what was held for all those years. But, but the, the revelation, the seventh under revelation under the seals, once the seals were broken, remember the seals weren't the, weren't the message. The seven thunders was the message. The seals bound the message. It, nobody could get to it until it was unbound. And, 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 the, and when the message went forth, it was the unveiling of God. And when it unveiled God, it unveiled his bride. It unveiled redemption. My, it gave us a purpose. No wonder we're not a denomination. Because we're, we're liquid. We're moving. We're in motion. We're going forward. We're not static. We're, we're going forward, forward, forward. So he says here, now watch, seeing the scripture, Moses saw it. It pointed right straight to it. And, he, and, and, and the speaking of God, and he had all these evidence. He had the word. He was a, he was a peculiar child. And, and he had the promise. And God had spoke to him, told him to do it. And, and, and he said, Brother Ram said, it anointed the faith he had in him to go to work. That, friends, is the, is the holy grail of why you're a believer. The, 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 you, you don't realize that the, the purpose and plan is of God is in you. You have a gene of God in you. And it, everything you have need of for a rapture is in you. And all you need is a hand of faith to make it operate. See? So that becomes the rub. Okay, how do I get to that? You can't. You have to surrender. He has to do it. You can't chase it. It's not about chasing something. It's not about trying to be something. Or we're going to try to conjure up something. We're going to make this thing work. You can't do that. 60 years has proven to us. A lot of great men rose up thinking we could do that. We had some great new man and some great new mystery and some great new camp and we figured this is going to do it, this is going to do it and all it did was disillusion people because they, they never, they never did it. And so 60 years we've grown and we've become a mature bride and we realize this is his doing. This is his grace. This is his mercy. My, my role is to surrender my way to a body change. It anointed the faith he had in him. See, Moses had to get himself out of the way. That's really all he needed to do. Lay down his fears, stop crying, speak and go forward. Amen. See, God was always going to do it. So Brother Branham uses that example of Moses. He says, what ought that to do to us? Now, watch this now. Because when, when, when a prophet is in this sermon, why Christ speaking, he's telling all kinds of experiences. He does it again in... And uh, and another message, uh, speak to the mountain and various other places where he's telling all the these examples of the third pole and it's his new ministry coming. And my goodness, when he starts telling those stories, all those Pentecostals, man, the and Brother Branham was one of them. And man, the hair raised on the back of their neck did mine too. I mean, just listening to it. 
and, and by the time it's all over, man, they're ready to have a romp and stomp and jubilee and let's clap and dance and run and scream and holler and speak in tongues and let's make it work. Hallelujah. Praise God. And Brother Branham says, what we need is, he says, what it ought to do is we need a repentance. We need a revival. Notice he prefaced repentance ahead of revival. This thing ain't about just, uh, just having a, a, a pep rally and working us all up into a lather. This is about a humility. This is about a repentant heart. This is about sincerity. This is about dedication. This ain't about your glory. This is bringing him glory. It starts, you want a revival? It starts with repentance. Brother Branham is saying, I'm saying myself. So don't anybody stay on your high horse today because the prophet is saying, I need it. Myself. See, I need a shaking. And you can hear all those people. They were, at one minute, they're just shouting, ready to run around the church. And all of a sudden, everything's getting quieter and quieter. And Brother Branham is now turning the, he's giving them what they didn't expect. You, I, I tell you about all these stories and you want that? Yes, praise the Lord, we want that, let's do it. He says, all right, it's going to have to start with a revival. All right, praise God, let's have one. It starts with repentance. And then you get the crickets. See? I'm saying myself, I need a shaking. Are we honest enough sometimes, friends, to say I need a shaking, Lord? I need something. I said I was speaking to myself this morning or about myself. I, and I love, this is one of those times where I love the fact that they left the, you know, the I, 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 I in there. It says, I, I, I need awakening up. I said, Brother Branham, I, I need, I need awakening up this morning. Moses, with his great faith, again, could say, you know, he could say no to the present things of the present world and make a righteous choice. That is the key to opening the Red Sea. Without that in place where he could, with his great faith, say, where did he get it? He said no to the present world. He made a righteous choice choice. I have been repeating that to you over and over again in this series. This thing isn't about all of us trying to run off half cocked and all enthused. This, we have arrived at Satan's full Eden and we have the power of the spoken word among us but I'm here to tell you it's going to require Brother Brandon was told you'll have to be more sincere than you have ever been in your life because this mamba that's on the loose one bite is death. So I'm here to tell you, if there was ever a time for preachers to be sincere, if there was ever a time for parents to be consecrated, if there was ever a time for teenagers to be dedicated, I'm here to tell you, friends, you you have arrived. It's going off a cliff and you can't stop it. You're either going off the cliff or you're going to go up. See? So if I don't get finished today, it'll be all right. We'll go part five. I'm not going to rush. He chose to suffer afflictions with the people of God. He chose to go with it. Why? His faith. He saw the promise. He saw the end time. I love this statement. He saw over into tomorrow. 
Oh, I have found more strength in that, let me tell you. I'll testify to you today, young people, you want to know where strength lies? Get your eyes off of this world and start looking to tomorrow. Start looking to the world that's coming. Start living for that life. This life will seem very unimportant to you if you do that. I'm here to tell you, I'm, you know, and I, I, was, even, I was even listening to, to, uh, to uh, um, I don't remember how to pronounce his name, uh, Jung, I think, is, he's a famous, uh, a very famous uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, actually. Um, he was a, f- a friend of Sigmund Freud. And, and uh, you know, I, I was listening to, an, to a, um, a talk he gave, and he was talking about the whole aspect of, you know, looking long range. He said, you know, when people start aging out, and he himself was an old man, he said, when they start aging out and they start looking at their end and they fix their eyes, well, there's my end. And he's not even talking about the world to come. He was a great believer in God, and he believed in the next world. You know, and so uh, very much, very much uh, opposite of Freud in that way. And so he, he actually was a very sincere man, and he, he says, you know, they, they look at their life coming to an end, and he said right away, then they start getting sick, they start aging out, they start dying, they start slowing down, they start crippling over, and the next thing you know, they're just gone. And they said, well, what should you do to defeat that? He said, look at your life going on and on and on. And they said, well, how long? He said, centuries. Imagine you're going to live for centuries. Put that, listen, I am going to live for centuries. I'm putting my mind in that direction and the more I do, the less this world is meaning to me. I've turned my eyes upon Jesus. The things of this world have grown strangely dim. I want more of it. I want it for you. I want it for your children, your families, your marriages, your homes. So he said these are the choices Moses made. He he looked plumb over into tomorrow. Prophet says if you look at the present world, you make a choice with it. Now if I'd have said that, you'd have a right to go. Let me think about that. You send me the little emoji of the guy going, This is a prophet. There's a prophet saying, if you look at the present world, old people, if people could only do that, didn't see the present world like Moses, if you look at the present world, you make your choice with it. Hide. Listen, how what an active word. This isn't passive. Hide your eyes from that and look at the promise way over into tomorrow. You know, I, I, some time back, I just took that literally. I said, I'm going to be more careful at what I hide my eyes from and what I open them up to. And I, as soon as I started doing that and started being more conscious about the things that I gaze at because the Bible tells us you're transformed into the things you gaze at. You think the devil doesn't know that with social media? You think he's ignorant of that? He invented it. You see, you, know, you think he doesn't know that with Hollywood and Bollywood and, and everything that goes on. You think Satan doesn't know that? You think he doesn't know how to get you? See? And so I, I and, and, and you know what I found? I found a strange thing happening. The more I turned my eyes toward Jesus, the more I wanted to. The more I turned away, the more I wanted to turn away. Oh, I said, Lord, if I'm becoming a fanatic, then praise the Lord. I've always wanted to be a fanatic. Hallelujah. My. So he said, you make your choice. 
Look at the promise of God way over into tomorrow. And if you're, you know, there, there's only one real church. You don't join it. You're born into it. Amen. If you're born into it, the li- if, listen, listen, listen. If you're born into it. Now, this isn't true if you just join one. That's just membership. That's not, that's not the family of God necessarily. We don't have a membership. You can join here. But he says here, he says, if, you're, if, you, uh, if you don't join it, you're born into it. And if you're born into it, the living God works himself through you. Amen. Making himself known. That's, you know why? Because that's where God dwells in his church. God, I love this, God goes to church every day. See? Just lives in church. He lives in you. You're his church. He repeats it. You are his church. Say, is that scriptural? You are the tabernacle that God dwells in. You are the church of the living God yourself. See? And if the living God lives in his living being, then your action is of God. If it isn't, then God isn't in there. He wouldn't make you act like that when he says in the word here, his blueprint, don't do it, and you go and do it, see, that's wrong. When you deny it, then that shows the life isn't even in you. Now, that's a, that's a tough statement. And, you know, Brother Branham is not dismissing the fact that you still live you're a triune being and only one of them is in the presence of God. The other two are still steeped in sin. That's what the Holy Ghost is given for. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The moment you are born again, your desires change. That's why we read you that quote the other night. And the very godly sister, but Brother Branham, I make so many mistakes. But see, sister, that doesn't matter. God don't see those. It's your heart, your desire, what you want to be. See? I'm thanking God for that. So Brother Branham is not necessarily here debating the, you know, the, the gene of election that may be in your may be in you, or even or even that you've had a new birth. He's not, it's not, it's not the quote isn't that narrow. He's he's looking at where you live. See? Because because where you live, that's as far as the Holy Ghost can operate. You might be a gene of God, you might be born again. I will say you've had a, a new birth experience by a revelation of Jesus Christ, but I'm here to tell you, you've got to empty out of the world. Paul is saying to people who were, had been born again for 30 years, and he's saying to them, I would that you be filled with all the fullness of the knowledge of God. And Peter's speaking to a church that had the same Holy Ghost experience he had. He's saying to that same church who had the same experience he had, you need to add to your faith and you need to add to your virtue. You need to add and add and add. You you need to grow and move higher and higher. See? So... So it's, it's, it's where the Holy Ghost can operate and it's you. It, can I say this today? It's you hindering him, not God failing to keep a promise. I'm here to defend him today. I'm not, gonna, uh, I, I, I'm not ever willing on the streets, at home, in this building, in, in an interview with you. I'm not here. To, you won't find a tolerant 
Pastor Jason, who will let you blame God. God always keeps his word. But we hinder him. It's not him not keeping his word. It's you hindering what he wants to do in, in your life. You have to allow the mind of Christ and the word to dwell in you richly. You have to allow it to come. I mean, you had to do that to get a new birth. You had to do that to get a new birth. You had to surrender your old life and say amen to the revealed word. See? So, so you know, saying amen to the, to the word, and if that brought you to a new birth, then, 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 then I suppose why, I would say, why would you then stop doing that and still expecting God to do more in your life? I mean, can somebody explain that madness to me? You, you, you know, it's like Paul said to the Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You know, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? And they were born again by the spirit of God and they had faith and grace and, they, and suddenly somebody comes in with a bunch of legalism and they think, oh, that's how we're gonna get born again. And Paul says, good grief. You, 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 you didn't get born again by doing that. Why are you all worried about that now? So, you know, I understand it's not a direct parallel, but it's the same type of a situation. You had to believe every word of God. You had to say amen. You had to allow the mind. You had to allow the word to dwell in you richly. That's what gave you a new birth. And, and, and so then, so that, so then if, you, if you stop doing that, then how do you, how is it that you impugn God because he's not doing more in your life? Am I right or am I not right? See? So, so when we, you can see, friends, why, exactly why, this series is, is really personal to me. So the third pull, we, we talked about this in previous lessons, the third, for previous three um, sermons we preached. Third pull, we saw it, remember, prefigured in Genesis. Because everything's Genesis. Genesis is the seed chapter. And so we, we saw Abraham speaking a word that created a sacrifice. Amen. And that's why Brother Brandon, when he comes out of the woods and ends up in Hattie Wright's house that next day, and they're sitting there having had a meal, and he's telling the story of the squirrels, and here's a poor old woman and she says, Brother Branham, that's nothing but the truth. And, and Brother Branham, you know, what, you know what he had just finished saying? He had just finished saying, the only thing I could think it to be would be this, when God was trying to tell Abraham how he was going to bless him. And when he, he says, take your son, your only son. I mean, this is real life. This isn't a story. This is real life. Take your son, your only son. Didn't even acknowledge Ishmael. Your only son. And, wow. and destroy him. The son I waited 25 years for. Yes, the son you've let live in my life for all these 11 years and now I, I, my whole heart is in him and now this is it. Is this a cruel joke? Don't, don't think of Abraham as some superhuman who didn't have feelings. See, but, but, but this was a man who, was, who had trained himself for years to walk by faith. 
And Paul picks it up. I'm glad we had a prophet, Paul, who could do it and shows how that Abraham, this is what Abraham figured. He gave him to me from one who really I couldn't have a son. I was as good as dead. My wife was as good as dead. So I surmise that if I do sacrifice him, the Lord will raise him up because he's already told me this is the promised son upon which the sands of the sea, there won't be enough grains of sand to equal the amount of my offspring. And the stars of heaven don't contain, see? And so Abraham knew, so by faith, he put down every human sense and reasoning and obeyed God. See? And he says here, the the thing that Abraham needed, see, so Abraham had said, the lad and I shall go, and the lad and I shall return. He's got a command to go kill him. He said, and we shall return. And when he, and when, you remember, we dealt with this, I think, in part one or part two. And Isaac said, Father, behold the wood, behold the fire, behold the wood, but where's the lamb? And Abraham speaks. See, third pull. Brother Ram ties it right back to that. He said, Abraham needed, what Abraham needed was a sacrifice instead of his son. Oh, you talk about being, being invested in this God, the one who had made him a promise years before, and now the thing he loves more than his own life, this treasured child, a promise of God that he had waited so long to see, and now the, 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 the very treasure of his heart, his life is on the line. Listen, friends, say, Brother Jason, why is that so important to you? Because that's where I live. I got loved ones and I heaven wouldn't be heaven without them and I can't imagine not having my heritage and, and, I, and I, I need a sacrifice. I needed somebody who could come and speak a word. I needed a God who could give a promise and speak a word and it come to pass. And it wouldn't matter what happened in this life. No power on, on earth. Not enough devils can stop me or the promise that God gave me. Hallelujah. That's where I live. My, I I needed a God who could speak a word. So the day of Abraham has come again. Impossible situations face me. Impossible situations face you. But we were given a promise in the word. But, But we can't make it happen. But there's one among us who can make it happen. We have been there as parents and grandparents and looked at situations and it broke our heart and we, we bled tears constantly and there was nothing we could do but pray and love and pray and love and pray and love. We were powerless to do anything else. I needed a God who could come and speak a word. I needed a word that could overstep every devil. I needed a word that could subdue uh, the heart of, of a young man or a young woman. We've needed it and God has provided it. And I don't want you to be afraid today. I want you to take every part of your inheritance and say it's mine. And I'm a believer in the word of God. I don't care what I say. there's no circumstance that can stop God's promise to me see so we see it in Abraham the sign of the son of man which of course connects us right to Luke 17 in the days of the son of man So, so that's how we know because that's how we know that where we are that's how I can say to you the world is plunging into madness because that's what was happening in Abraham's day in the Son of Man. Yeah. 
and he went down to Sodom. That was, that's exactly what, what we find happening that Jesus prophesied in Luke 17, that as it was in the days of Noah, and that was the world being destroyed, as it was in the days of Lot, and we see how that destruction was coming. And that, as the devil was in the days of Abraham, it's going to be in the days when, when the world is going into chaos again. When the world is being destroyed, it's teetering on the brink and about to go over the edge. And the whole thing is disintegrating. Oh, but I'm here to tell you, I got a journey that I'm headed upward. I'm not headed downward. I'm headed upward, onward, and upward. See? So I, I know where I am. So, so now we know that, that that's when the power. We know by the Bible that this is when the power of the spoken word was to be among us. Like it was in Abraham. Like it was in Jesus. He stepped up to a tree and said, no man eat from thee. From this day. And, and Brother Ram said, you know, when he first spoke it, it looked like anything happened. You ever done that? Believed God? Absolutely. Knew you had a revelation from God and spoke it and nothing seemed to happen. He says, but way down in the roots where no one could see, it started to die. And once that cycle of death set in there, it didn't take too long after that, friends. Oh, my. See, so, so, so we can see then that we know that this is the time when this power uh, 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 of the spoken word operating perfect faith. We know that that's to be an operation. Perfect faith because it's the mind of Christ. That's an important point. P perfect faith for you to speak the word is not your human faith deciding what to say. Right. Amen. That's what puzzled Brother Branham when he, when he would go to, to Mark 11. We, we, didn't go, we didn't read it all. But when he would go to Mark 11 and, and he said, if you say to this mountain, because, you know, he curses a tree, and they said the next day, Master, look at, look at this, it's dying. And he said, you know, don't doubt. Believe what you say, even if you say to a mountain, be cast in the sea, don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you've said, you'll have it. And Brother Branham said, you know, he said, I couldn't, I couldn't understand that for years. I wouldn't preach on it because I, I thought I had always preached everything has to be in the atonement so that it's really not... You know, you doing it, it's God doing it. It's all paid for you at Calvary. You didn't get saved, you know, at an altar. You found out that work was done 1,900 years ago. You weren't healed yesterday. You found out that work was done 1,900 years ago, that day on Calvary. So he said, everything has to be in the atonement, and I can't imagine. Now this is, he's not saying, you know, this is something in the atonement. He's saying, if you say, now it's, now it's putting it back on the person. And Brother Brandon was like, wow, how does that even work? I don't even know. I don't even understand that. I guess maybe because when he said it, the atonement hadn't come. Jesus hadn't died. Maybe that's it. That's what I'll say if somebody asks me. And he's troubled over that for a number of years. He won't even preach on it because he don't know the answer. And God begins to deal with him, starts dealing with his life, starts bringing these things of the third pole, and particularly, you know, this, this whole deal with the squirrels and speaking them into existence and Hattie writes children and, and you know the, the, the fish and they're, they're, there's those Jehovah's Witness coming to the Lord because they're seeing it and he, he's dealing with all of these things and speaking a tumor and speaking to a storm and it's God what's God doing training him say well but he went off the scene so 
He must be going to come back to use up all that training. Uh, no. He doesn't need to come back. He finished his job. It's a roadmap for you. It's an instruction manual for you and me. We're the ones who are seeing the world go off a cliff. We're the ones who have, the, who have that power. You have that opportunity. God won't force it on you, but you have the opportunity to have the spoken word operating in your life where nothing can stand before you. But it's going to take revival, and that's going to take repentance. It's going to take sincerity and humility and not choosing the world and turning your eyes upon Jesus and stop looking at the things of the world. See, so don't forget, you sit here today, and this isn't in my notes, but it comes to me strong. You, sit, you might be here today, and I'm thinking of no certain person, like, trust me, this is just fresh, and you, you might not feel the urgency to kick yourself into gear and follow, you're thinking of, you've still got your eyes on too much of this world. And you say, I, I agree, Brother Jason, I believe that, but I just don't seem to have the gumption. I don't really exactly want to do that right now, and I'm just comfortable where I'm at. I'm just going to say to you, you're not at the Red Sea with an army behind you, about to be killed yet. But take my word for it, you will end up at the Red Sea. Because that's where Moses had to stop crying and he had to speak the word. And when you're sitting there and you're trapped in the mountains and you've got an ocean in front of you and an army trying to murder you, you'll remember, and I'm going to tell you, that'll bring some desperation. That'll bring some real fast humility. I would implore you today, don't wait until that happens. Today is the day of salvation. So, so we find him coming here. Oh, I gotta hurry. I think I know where I'm gonna get to today, so we're just gonna aim at that and we'll pull the parachute, jump out. <laughs> so, so, so perfect faith, because this is an important point you're gonna see here in a minute. It's the mind of Christ. It, it, it's the mind of Christ operating in you. It's not your mind. So, so the squirrels and the fish those were examples of things to work through the bride. I said this to you last time, and this is an important point. Creating animals by the spoken word and resurrecting marine life, that's not the lesson. That's not the lesson. You see, the, 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 the common thread in all of it from Abraham to Elijah to us now who are alive and remain, the common theme of, of the, here's the lesson, a dedicated life. Yes, That's what allowed that to happen. Yes, so it's not limited to a, a, an aquatic animal uh, being given his life back. It's not limited to you being a super, you know, a, a storm chaser. It's not, it's not about that. Didn't make 
Jason. Remember we dealt with um, we dealt with uh, the, the the mother praying over her son there, and the plane the plane was grounded. Yeah. And Brother Brown is walking, and he <coughs> he leaves his <coughs> room to go down to mail some letters, and the Holy Spirit just says, "Start walking." Remember that? See, sometimes God puts us in, in situations in life, and Brother Neal and Brother Ram says he was he was testing an action to a reaction. Amen. That's what's happening in the Word of God. He said he was testing an action on a reaction. God will let things happen to you on purpose just to see how you how you react. Amen. And so he's training him to just trust. I don't shouldn't have to explain everything to you. Just learn to obey. And so, you know, he comes down there, and we, we talked about that last time. He goes down there, and she said, morning, Harvey. You know, you know, I know I knew you were coming. And she said, but you were supposed to have a briefcase. He says, well, I left it in the room. Well, that didn't stop the vision. Amen. That didn't stop the boy from getting healed. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you know what, I, what I really love about those stories and the reason that I told you that we rehearsed the story of the Lizzie there and the caribou and the, and the, and the mother there praying for her boy. So stop looking for some pie in the sky. Right, this is real life lived in real time by real people. Yes, amen. And, and so we're not looking for something way off, star spangled banner with have fireworks and everything. It's here. <laughs> that the world's going to chase that in your yeah. tribulation. Yeah. The amen. Bible tells them that they will they'll marvel at the beast who can make fire come down out of the heavens. Yeah. Amen. And and that's science and technology. That started with the atomic destruction over. Revelation 13. And from there, it just, it just goes on and on and on. The pure knowledge has been given us one thing after another, one thing after another. And the whole world is mesmerized. Amen. Oh, but there's a simple, humble people who are just marching to the step of the gospel, who are living every day as believers in humble lives. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to get on chasing. It's happening around you. The world is collapsing around you. And the presence of God is around you. And the word is here around you. And it's ready to go forward.
smoke it off and shit like that. Bring that to me. Do you know? I don't know what that is. Why do you keep? 
just standing, having a conversation. There's a being standing there. He can't see. He's looking around. He can hear a voice talking in the tree. He, he said, where's that light? He can see that light. He finally gets so beside himself that, that the stress and the pressure of these squirrels is so great. He's saying, where are you? What do you want with me? Says, well, if you had to live with him all the time, you wouldn't. Wham! Slam the door right there. 
this one up guys see so we had a mic still running let's bow our heads Lord here I stand and <laughs> I still didn't get to that that I wanted to so bad I've been trying so hard but at the same time I felt a governor on me to say what we did say and I I think that we have accomplished enough. I certainly stand here and feel completely satisfied that you are satisfied with everything that was said. 
And I'm asking right now, Lord God, that the people under the sound of my voice who heard this sermon, who or who will hear it, that they will take these words to heart and ponder them deeply. That they will realize that God is wanting to walk around in their shoes. God is wanting to strap that apron on, sister, in you. God is wanting to grab that toolbox, brother, in you. God, teenager, God is wanting to ride with you in your car, in you. God is wanting to live everyday life in our life. We are his church. He goes to church every day because we are the temple of the Lord. We are the, we are the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. Father, I pray today that we will take these things to heart and be mindful of them in days to come. We still have much more to say, but Lord, I, I, I have endeavored and I feel so happy because I, I feel successful in demonstrating to the people just by telling these, just by reliving and reminiscing these stories of, of Abraham and these stories of Moses and these stories. Lord, we, we opened our text with a story. We opened our, our whole text was you talking to your disciples and they stepped into a vision, didn't even know. Here's a, here's a colt tied. Colt has no idea he's part of a vision. He's part of thus saith the Lord. Here's people going to stand around. The Lord already knows what they're going to say and already knows the answer to give them. And it's going to work. You provided everything that the disciples would need to fulfill your word. You do that every day. In the lives of the, of the disciples, in the lives of, Lord, of, of your prophet of this day, walking around in normal life, learning how to surrender to you. And that's the real lesson of it, Lord God. You are calling for greater sincerity. We are at the crossing over point. We are at the end of the end. And heaven is before us. And your word has a mission to accomplish and you desire to accomplish it within us. But that, it's not about, it's not, it's not a question, Lord. I, I have certainly been born again of the spirit of God. I certainly have received a revelation of Jesus Christ personally. You gave it to me personally. I was born again in the glorious baptism of the Holy Spirit. But now, Father, it's up to me to, to allow you complete, unfettered access to every facet of my humanity. Everything that I can muster, which I can't muster a whole lot. That's why it takes prayer and a lot of it. It takes opening up my Bible and a lot, a lot of it. It takes pushing play and often. It takes coming to church always. It takes the fellowship of the saints continually. It takes daily dying. It takes self-crucifixion. It, it requires turning like Moses, refusing to look at the world, but rather cast his eyes on the promise of God and took the way with a much despised people. So I... I feel that that's been accomplished in these four parts and we, we want to continue, Lord. There's much more material to talk about and things I want to speak to the people about. This series, Father, has been probably more of a heartfelt series than I've had in a long time because it's, I guess maybe because it's so personal to me. 
because I see myself. I'm right there. I'm living regular life in real time, and I'm trying to serve you every hour. And I'm, 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 I'm consumed with coming closer to you. I'm, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever I got to surrender, whatever I got to change, whatever I got to give up, I'm asking for the, the wherewithal to do that, Lord. Help me now. Help us one and all to, that we might press forward into these things. Please remember that we're but dust. That's all we are. We're dust and we need you, Jesus. So I commit it into your hands today. The word has gone forth now in Jesus' name. Let's sing, Brother Anthony.
God bless your friends. You can be dismissed if you like. You can come for prayer if you like. God bless you.
I need more.